I avsnitt 285 av Arsenal. Nu kommer jag precis på här nu att just det. Vi pratar ju engelska i avsnittet så jag tar om det där. In episode 285 in Arsenal Gothenburg podcast. We are delighted to welcome back uh, our favorite guest Andrew Allen to the show. Uh, and we talk about um, Music Monday. We talk about a new old song for the crowd in Emirates and maybe on Cheers Pub as well. We'll see. Uh, then we talk about latest games. Uh, first out, PSV uh, Arsenal in the Europa League. Um, not so good game. Not so fun game. But we light up the mood talking about Arsenal 5 nothing Ham 0. Uh, we talk about goals, goals, goals and goals. And Thomas Partey and midfield and left back and everything. Um, it's a good chat. And last we talk about uh, upcoming games against Zürich. And uh, what we understand, we need to win that game. And we almost need to win the Chelsea game. Um, I'm going to leave it there for now because the we started recording about half an hour, an hour later than usual so all our listeners that usually listen to the podcast monday evening don't need to wait that long and for you listen tuesday morning uh for you the podcast you wouldn't notice the difference but anyhow uh before i uh turn over to myself and andrew i'm just gonna make some um what do you say housekeeping if you want to know more about arsenal Gothenburg, you can visit arsenal Gothenburg, uh, no, it's arsenalgöteborg.se where you can read everything about us and how to become a member. And then you can visit our social media um, pages at ArsenalGBG on Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook we have a group called Arsenal Göteborg Forum uh, and a, a like page uh, called Arsenal Göteborg. Uh, so I'm gonna leave it there and um, yeah, uh, stay tuned for more with me and Andrew. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here it comes. Hello, hello, and welcome to Arsenal Gothenburg Podcast, a podcast for Arsenal fans by Arsenal fan to Arsenal fan this week in English. And uh, that's because Oscar couldn't uh, make it his way on a, on a business trip, and Tobias has uh, some sort of practice. Uh, but I'm delighted to welcome back to the show Andrew Allen. Hello, Andrew. Hello, mate. It's good to be on. Yeah, um, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very, very well. Yeah, I mean, life's not bad when your football team's at the top of the league, right? Yeah, like I said before we start recording, life is so much easier. Well, I mean, you know, the last couple of times I've been on the show, the first time in particular, things were pretty miserable. So it's nice to sort of see an evolution taking place before our very eyes. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I've said this before, but I remember if it was the first time or second time you were on, and things were shit. It was during the... Emery era, quote unquote, and you know I was like everything is shit. I'm gonna jump from the bridge, blah 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 blah. And you said, take it, 
take it, take it, uh, take it easy, Philip. Things are gonna get better. And um, <laughs> like I said before, here we are, top of the league, eh? Yay! Yeah. Look, Yay. I mean, I think we're just right now. This is about enjoying every minute of what's happening yeah. and recognizing that quite possibly at any moment it could all go to shit. So yeah, just live in the moment, enjoy it, soak it up. Um, YOLO, as the kid says, says yeah, nowadays. Exactly. Yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're, we're playing good football. We look like a football team. We're, um, you know, everyone's being nice to us in the press. Mm. That always what? makes a change. What What is that all about? I can't get used to that, you know. It's like, what? Are they saying nice stuff about Arsenal? What? This is a, this is a tried and tested uh, tactic, you remember, Philip. You know, you've got to be nice and build everybody up and up and up. And then obviously then... when we start to fall apart, they will kill us and crucify us and it will f make us all feel even more miserable. But... For the moment, we just enjoy it. Yeah. One day at a time, mate. Top of the league. One day at a time. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk, obviously, more Arsenal and more football in a short while. But before we do that, or, or it is uh, Arsenal and football related, because um, I thought I'm going to ask you just the questions so you can introduce yourself properly. Like, uh, Andrew, would you like to tell us uh, how, when and where you start to become an uh, Arsenal supporter? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've told you guys this uh, yeah. story a couple of times, but I was I was born in an Arsenal family, really. My dad was a season ticket holder. My uh, grandfather on my uh, mum's side uh, went to games, my uncle as well. Um, yeah, so I didn't really have much of a choice. It was uh, it was there waiting for me when I when I came out of the, the womb. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been nearly 40 years of that now. I'm getting old. You're getting old as well. Because <laughs> I, th I was chatting to a mate of mine, you know, on Twitter uh, this morning because I was, you know, I tried to be funny on Twitter. I don't always uh, succeed, but I tried sometimes. So I drank my morning coffee in an Arsenal cup, obviously. And I, took a and I took a picture of my cup on the top of the table. Eh? <laughs> Vis visual comedy i love it yeah yeah yeah. and i tweeted that one out you know my mom gets the same position as arsenal top of the table uh yeah and my mate was like, oh that's a nice cup it was a uh, a cup actually that i got when i turned 25 uh and and it's sort of like you know the way kit we have now it's black you know with gold arsenal i'm, I'm looking at the uh, i'm looking at the post right now ah. you see now See, I could see why you might not have got the traction that you wanted. I think you needed to give more kind of like make it more obvious about it being the top of the table. Ah. Like there's not enough of the table in the show, you know, in in show in the picture to make it so obvious. I love this. I'm getting it, uh, you know, tips about my Twitter account. You know, you should think about this <laughs> next time. You know, I, I love it. I love it. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Um, um, yeah, to the point now, and I was talking to my mate and he was said, oh, that's a nice cup. Where do you buy it? And I said, oh, I was get, getting it when I was turning 20, 25. And that is one, two, three, four, five. It's fucking eight years ago now, mate. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I was uh, with my uncle at the weekend. It was his 60th birthday oh. and he was just like, I don't know where the time's gone. I still like, I still feel like I'm, you know, 18 and stuff. And I was just like, oh God. Same. So it just stays like this all the way through then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Uh, do you have an odd Arsenal story to tell? I know that I always ask you the question like, how and when did you become an Arsenal fan? But I thought of this now. Do you have an odd Arsenal story to tell? A story that you never tell someone before? Not a secret story, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no. I, oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Do you know what? Years and years and years ago, I um, 
I was part, I got down to like the final of an Arsenal photography competition. It wasn't like, you know, like a professional photography mm-hmm. thing, but it was like send in your pictures of what it means to be an Arsenal fan. And then there was like a public vote. And it was maybe, I don't know, 2009, like just after Facebook was starting and stuff. Anyway, to cut a long story short, the the, the final, there was a kind of reception and Martin Keown was there. <gasps> and, um, I was asking him about the. I, I went to ask him to sign a picture of him jumping over Van Nistelrooy, mm. and he was not very happy. Why? <laughs> he was he was really angry. But that's his legacy. Well, why? Why? Well, I think exactly for that reason is that I think he's slightly embarrassed that his legacy oh. is him being known for something that ultimately he got quite a long ban for and a big fine. Um, but yeah, I you know there was me innocently doing, it. and I might add like it wasn't I wasn't getting the picture signed for me. I was getting it signed for a mate who asked if 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 I'd be able to do that. Anyway, right. he did sign yeah. it, but he, he was not he was not impressed. So that's right. my uh, that was my. I mean, you know, Martin Keown, angry man. Yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Reputation, so yeah. yeah because he, I I don't see him, you know, he's because he's a pundit nowadays, right? Yeah, and yeah, I see yeah. it just on clips on Twitter every now and then, but he seems like a really, really serious man. He's really, he's really, really intense, actually. Ah. Yeah, and I, you know, I've actually, I've had the fortune of interviewing him a couple of times since that first thing. Not that he would ever remember <laughs> me. So and you didn't brought up Van Nistelrooy's story <laughs> one more time. <laughs> exactly. But what I really got a sense of from him was that, like, he's a guy who, obviously you know, dedicated himself to football from a very young age. You know, he came through the Arsenal Academy, broke into the Arsenal team before uh, moving to Villa and Everton for a bit. But I think when he retired, he realised that he had this kind of lack of education. And I think Mm. he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder for a while about the fact that maybe, you know, other people had had opportunities that he hadn't had. And, you know, he he just comes across as seriously intense, like a really intense student all the time. And um, I kind of respect that. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a smart guy. He's a nice guy. He's just um, he is as intense as he looks on the on the pitch and in all the old highlights. Yeah, speaking about Keon and you know seriously and intense, that's a classic story. You know that Ray Pollard uh, tells. You know the last game of the um, yes, in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, obviously. But um, that's not as other proof that he's really a seriously intense person. Yeah, I watched that. I mean, I was. Um, I was sitting just behind the dugout that day in Highbury. Well, of course when, you are. Of course you are. <laughs> and uh, I, you could see that situation playing out, like, yeah. you know, Parler joking around and all the rest of it. I mean, talking about getting old, that was, jeez, uh, 18, Christ, 18 yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago. We should stop talking about the old stuff now because yeah. I'm feeling like, where, where's my wheelchair now? Where's my wheelchair? It's okay. Uh, We're yeah. making new memories now. True that, true that. All right, and moving on. Uh, usually in this podcast, we have a segment called Metal Monday because Oscar and Tobias are huge uh, heavy metal fans. But now, since they are away, I thought we can do like a classic Music Monday. Uh, and it's really, really easy. You recommend a song to me and the listeners, and I recommend a song to uh, you and the listeners. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Or Yeah, why, I'll go first. Why All right. Um, so like this week... Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, there's a, a South London English uh, rapper called Loyal Karna, and he's just released a new album called Hugo, and uh, there's an incredible song on it called uh, Nobody Knows, 
and it's just kind of got this like epic choral swoon but like he's just a guy who's kind of confronting his sort of mixed race identity he's sort of trapped between like two things and he's not sure where to kind of root his identity and whether or not he can connect with either one in particular and i don't know there's something there that kind of resonates a little bit with me because i've got you know parents from two different countries and you're never quite sure whether you're rooted in one or the other um and add to the fact that like neither of those are English. So I've been raised in England, but like I've got a half Irish side and a half Greek Cypriot side. So yeah, it's all, there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of things mixed up there, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great album. Really cool. So yeah, Loyal Kana and the album's called Hugo. Cool, cool, cool. So, so some, and uh, that's a hip hop, like I said, hip hop music or yeah, uh, kind of hip hop. Like I guess he might say sentimental rap. It's okay. not like hardcore rap. It's kind of like you know, it, it, yeah, it sort of stops you being ballady or anything like that. But he's he's got a way with words, and I'm I really like it. Great, great. We do not often get uh, rap and hip hop in our uh, music or metal Monday, so I'm glad we had that today uh, <laughs> <laughs> to get some variation. You know. I'll never be invited back on after. And you will be invited years. every week to, you know, <laughs> mix it up. And that's our new, new segment, you know, Hip Hop Monday with Andrell and you just drop a song and then done. <laughs> there we go. There yeah, go. I mean, this is a, a sideline side I never thought I'd have, but there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's a new career for you. Never get too old for a new career. Uh, all right. I'm going to recommend last week uh, on Metal Monday uh, that we had last week, I recommended uh, a Led Zeppelin song called Kashmir. And I said back then that I'm going to recommend a new song based on Kashmir this week. But I thought I'm going to wait to that next week when we are uh, having Metal Monday back again. Uh, so this week I'm going to go uh, pretty mainstream, I guess. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, this week I went to a uh, Beatle Day. It's called in Gothenburg. It's a small, you know, Beatles festival. Almost like oh, Beatles... Nice. Beetle Week in Liverpool, yeah, but it's just one day here in Gothenburg uh, with my mates. And last song every year is Hey Jude. Um, And, you know, everyone is drinking beer all day long and, you know, it's it's amazing uh, atmosphere by that time. So I thought I'm going to recommend Hey Jude and ask you a question. Speaking about Twitter, Andrew, you wrote an actual, a simple but genius uh, tweet uh, some weeks ago. That you recommended to, you know, pass the Hey Jude from Giroud to uh, Jesus. Do you do you want to explain your idea? Because I thought it was fucking brilliant. Well, I mean, if you pronounce Jesus as it sounds, I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus, it sounds a lot like Hey Jude, right? So yeah. I just figured that that should be the chant that takes off. Um, I think. You know what really needs to happen at the moment is Gabriel Jesus needs to score a goal because that, at the that's moment... one thing that needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree for this song to happen. Yep, yep, yep. There was um, he's there's another song that's doing the rounds and it's kind of got quite a few more words in it and it is good to be fair. Yeah. You know, I you know, I believe in Jesus. Arsenal's number nine um, is the way it kind of ends. Um, and it is a good song, but it it kind of requires more people to know the words yeah. and football fans especially at the Emirates, you know, when you've got people coming in and they're only there for a couple of games, maybe. Um, you need, you know, simple. the simpler the tune or the chant, the better. And there's nothing simpler than just saying, hey, Zeus, instead of hey, Jude. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. So it's we'll see. Really... I don't know if it'll catch on. I'm not exactly the world's biggest um, screamer, so you won't find me being the one to get a chant going on its own uh, at the Emirates. But uh, I'll join in if someone else does. But we have planted a seed here in the podcast, you know. We just planted a seed and see how it grows, yeah? 
Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just need I need all of you Arsenal Gothenburg guys over one day in the stadium. And and speaking of, yeah, and speaking about Arsenal Gothenburg, I can just relate to our home pub uh, in the Gothenburg Cheers pub. Uh, when Giroud was playing Arsenal, when he scored, it was the best atmosphere, uh, the best song there ever was. When everyone was saying na 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 Giroud, you know, because it's just na 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 Giroud, and it's really simple. Everyone can do it. Uh, so I it's, really hope that it catches so on good. with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and there's such a good build up to it as well. Like really you're all is. just like waiting, like anticipating, and then it just kicks off, and you're like, yes, go mm. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Uh, so, speaking of Jesus, he didn't score against PSV. I thought we we're gonna have a small talk about the PSV game since we haven't recorded since that awful game. Um, he didn't start. He came on, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we shouldn't get stuck, you know, in the Jesus discussion against PSV. But uh, do you have any um, anything to say about the PSV game? Just real quick before moving on yeah, to happier I mean, stuff. Look, it was it was poor, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it, there was there's no doubt about it. I think um, everybody from an Arsenal persuasion would have wanted to draw a line under it the moment they left um, left Holland. Uh, you know, at the time, my concern and it my concern was that obviously we hadn't done brilliantly in the second half against Leeds, but we'd won. We hadn't done brilliantly against Bodo Glimp, but we won. And then against Southampton, we were good, but then dropped off and paid the price. And, you know, there's just this sort of like creeping worry that we were looking a bit tired and we were kind of very much in desperate need of a home game where you sense the players would be energized by the crowd. Um, it kind of helped, obviously, that the, the follow-up game the weekend was against a team who were bottom of the league and I don't don't think they've won a game away from home this season and um, despite them Nottingham Forest beating Liverpool last week mm. you suspect over the course of the season that that's going to be a real outlier and you know weirdly everybody seems to be beating Liverpool at the moment um, so it's not quite the uh, <laughs> it's not quite the uh, the big achievement it once was no, no. I mean in terms of just quickly on the PSV yeah. game I think what it kind of highlighted is is when you take a couple of the fundamental players out of the side where, you know, the backup is not quite there. And I speak, I don't want to be too harsh on Sambi, but like he's not going to be able to be Thomas party. No, I don't think no. um, certainly not anytime soon. And I, I have a feeling that um, Arteta's starting to look at him a bit like Arteta started to look a bit at uh, Tavares last mm, season mm. Um, like the trust is waning. Yeah. And um, interestingly, obviously, Mohamed El Nini is back in training now and yeah. could well be back in contention. And I do wonder a little bit whether Sambi's opportunities are going to be even more limited in the second half of the season. Maybe alone in January, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the problem is really we can't really afford to make our squad any smaller. Ah, true, um, true. Yeah. You know, it's been crazy busy this half of the season i say this mm. half the third of the season that we played um crazy busy but obviously it's going to be as busy if not more so once you chuck in some of the cup competitions again uh on the other side of the world cup and i think we're just going to need as many players as possible we just you just hope that they find a bit of form at the right time when they're called upon yeah. and it's really difficult like i think 
I completely understand. Like if you're not playing regular football and you're asked to go on and play 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, then get 90, then play 20 minutes again. Like I think Eddie and Ketty are struggling a bit with that as well. Yeah. Last yeah. year, there's no coincidence. He started scoring goals when he knew that he was going to be on the pitch for 90 minutes. Exactly, and... exactly. And you know, the first game he was uh, he was on, he wasn't that good, but you know, grow into it, if you know what exactly. I mean. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, I do feel for Eddie a little bit because last year it was very obvious at one point where Lacazette wasn't scoring and it took a big leap of faith from Arteta to kind of chuck him in. Mm -hmm. Now, the situation this year is a little bit different in that Gabriel Jesus is giving you so much up front, even yeah. if he's not scoring, <laughs> that Eddie's kind of like, he's going to just end up playing second fiddle in the league throughout probably. Yeah. Uh, you're only going to get, you know, starts there if, if Jesus isn't, isn't fit, uh, which is a big, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be tough for him. I think over the course of the season, given, you know, all of the hype around him at the tail end of last year. Do you think that's the two positions that, you know, the quality drop is biggest, uh, Partey versus Sambi and Jesus versus Enkeria? Um, I, the thing with Sambi, right, is that it's it's kind of unclear what his best position is. And we're, eight, how long, 18 months in now? Yeah, something like and, that, yeah. You know, you don't really look at him and think he's a proper DM. At the same time, you're not seeing a level of creativity or uh, attacking intent mm. to think that he could play what uh, Xhaka's role is at the moment, which is that kind of left eight role. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's a victim of maybe, you know, the system doesn't necessarily suit him because party is left so uh so on his own to kind of patrol huge swathes of the midfield and it his ability to do that now and even he's struggled right i mean it's taken yeah, yeah, him yeah. a long time to get up to get up to speed and understand the position that he needs to be taking and mm -hmm. and, and 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 the role that he has i i, I think the big there's a big drop off if you're going to ask sambi to be a party um yeah. i don't I, I i think yes there's a big gap between Enketia and gabriel jesus i mean jesus is a obviously serial, yeah 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 he's a serial winner of multi many competitions mm -hmm. a you know proper international player versus a young guy who's come through the academy had a burst of form earned himself a new deal um i think that's i, I you know nobody came into this season kind of thinking anything else other than you know there's a there's a there's a gap there but the good thing is is that you wanted the gap to get bigger because if it was a case of you signed a striker and the gap was small within Ketio, it means mm -hmm. you've got someone worse than jesus right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah no I, I yes but i don't i i think with eddie i think there's real potential there specifically for the needs that we have in the europa league to yeah. actually still deliver i just i'm not I thought with Sambi he was going to be a real player, and at the moment I can't I can't see a way out now. Like I don't I don't know now whether or not he's going to be. He's sort of falling into Danielson territory. Is yeah, that harsh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th I think it's fair. Unfortunately, because when Sambi came to Arsenal, uh, I remember saying on this pod and to my to my mates, you know, I really like Sambi. He's the player I can see. I can, s you know, I can see what he can become. If you know what I mean, I really like mm. him. It's, it's not a thing that I don't like with him i was liking the movement you know the passes his brain mm. but now it's just a shadow of himself by now and f speaking about we are going to move on soon to you know happier days and five nil and everything 
But I have this mate, uh, Sven. I don't know if you listen. Hi, Sven. Uh, we always have this discussion. Like, have you seen a statistic of Sambi when he starts games for Arsenal? You know, the winning uh, st- statistic, yeah, if I you mean, know what I mean. It, it couldn't be that high. Because Arsenal have lost, lost two games this season, right? Sambi have started mm-hmm. them both. Uh, last season, uh, do you remember the, when Partey, uh, he was injured a lot? When he wasn't playing. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, you know, by the end of last season, Sambi was behind uh, El Nenny as yeah. well. But when he did play, there were there were individual matches. There was a nil-nil, I think, with Burnley, maybe back in March or so mm-hmm. at home. And it was a game where it became very obvious that what party gives you was a the verticality, like the ball straight out from defence and then the ability to play through the lines. And Sambi, when... I think maybe it's a confidence thing that the centre-backs have with him compared to Partey as well. Like, they look up and they see... um, They they look up and they see Sambi and they they don't feel as much of an urge to pass the ball to him as they do when they feel comfortable and see Partey in front of them. And I I don't think that helps. I feel like everyone's slightly off kilter a little bit. Um... But, and it's, and yeah. it's not making Sambi justice to compare him with Partey, no, otherwise, because no. Partey is the best in the league is he, in his position right now. You know, he's, we're going to talk more about Partey later on, hopefully, but he's so freaking good right now, yeah? He's 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 really, really good, and I think um, he's having a really, really good run, but as we well know, he's not managed <laughs> to get say through. It. Don't say it. Yeah, well, he's not managed to get through a season without getting injured, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. at some point, especially with all these games, and as one of the people who's going to be going to the World Cup, you know, there's there's a there's a chance of burnout. And clearly, Arsenal tried to get Douglas Louise from Aston Villa at the tail end yeah. of the transfer window, and that was obviously in part spurred by Moel Nini. But I do think that that's a position that they're probably looking at and thinking, yeah, we might need to find someone and even looking further ahead i mean you know parties pushing 30 yeah yeah um he can't do that 50 60 games you know a season we're gonna need someone who can step in and be that person i agree i uh, agree 100 percent uh but we crossed that bridge when we get to it um I thought we're going to move on and talk about like i said happier days uh about the game yesterday arsenal five did I say that correct? Arsenal 5, yeah? I you said that correct? Indeed. Yes! Yeah. Uh, nothing as Forest 0. Uh, and we started from the beginning, the starting lineup. Andrew, any thoughts? Any thoughts when you saw it uh, back then? And any thoughts? Re- what's the word? Re- uh, in hindsight, I said that in, yeah. in hindsight. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I guess with each game that goes past where Tommy Asu is selected in front of Tierney you start to wonder you know you understood it on a one-off basis mm. Tommy Asu is um you know was specifically chosen to go up against Salah because Salah likes to cut in and Tommy Asu is very strong one-on-one and can you know use his right foot and left foot and all the rest of it I think what you're finding now is that Arteta really really likes Tommy Asu as an inverted fullback yes. like his his quality on the ball his calm head technically he's just very clean and tidy um probably more so than Tierney and I think he's probably got a better engine than Tierney even though Tierney's very good at going up and down the wing I think defensively 
Tomias is just like when he's got a player and you tell him you're one on one with him, you know, Tomias is great at that. So like I, I think, you know, there's a few raised eyebrows, but when I watched the game yesterday yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yep, yesterday, yeah. Um I mean, Tommy Asu was absolutely fundamental to a lot of what we were doing. Yes. And um, he was so good. He was so good. Yeah, really, really good. Really good. And um, the crowd the crowd at the Emirates absolutely love him. Uh, he's such a no-nonsense, low-key yeah. individual. And um, in that respect, actually, he's quite like Tierney, right? You know, he's not a flashy player. He's a get-the-job-done, do-what-I'm-told, simple um kind of guy but he's just he's just very very good at what he does and again you know you're just kind of keeping your fingers crossed that he stays fit i think you know in pre-season had you told arteta that tommy asu was going to be playing at left back and ben white was going to be playing at right back and you were making those decisions out of choice Mm -hmm. don't i don't think he would have imagined that like i think this is just come about by accident and he likes what he sees. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think that's, I, I definitely don't think this is, this was a by design decision. You know, circumstances created this situation and now we're, we're, we're running with it. And it's great because it's yeah. given us options that we didn't have before. I, I agree. I agree. And it's interesting that you talked about Tomiyasu because on this pod last week, uh, we had this discussion, you know, it's because Tomiyasu wasn't that good against uh, Southampton. Um, I thought anyway. Uh, so we had that dis- this discussion, Tomiyasu versus Tierney, hmm, who do you start uh, against Nottingham? And after I stopped recording, I thought to myself, I don't agree what I just said, because I said back then, <laughs> I want to see Tierney, da, 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 da. And the minute, uh, it's funny, in the minute, the second I stopped recording, I thought to myself, no, wait a minute. I want to see Tomiyasu because he plays the role, the left-back role. And the funny thing about the left-back role in Arsenal, it's not really a left-back role. It's it's like like you said he's he's tucked in. If you think about it, the the um, amount of time that Tomiyasu and Sinchenko, by the way, uh, when he plays that, uh, mm. bring um, um, plays in the central of the park. You know, he's not really a left back. He's more like a left uh, midfielder, if you know what I mean. And yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah, think yeah. you know even Tierney's been asked to play that role, and he's been getting used to it. But it's not. It's, it's natural thing. exactly with Tierney is more like a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think he has the quality to to play that role, but I definitely think he's more comfortable giving the ball, let him go on the outside, get a cross in kind of guy. And I it's, think there are definitely games where Arsenal may identify a weakness at the right back mm-hmm. slot where they want to double up with a Martinelli and a Tierney overlapping and going at a guy, and then you know other games where they decide that they want to put all of their focus down the right and they'll have people tuck in at the left back. I mean, it's the good thing is, is that we have this kind of level of flexibility and that we have a manager who's even thinking in a way that, you know, we haven't really thought like before. I mean, we've been not rigid tactically, but, you know, for years under Arsene, right back played right back, you know, four four two, four three three. Um, you know, eventually he 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 dabbled with a kind of three five two. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those the tactics there were were pretty defined as to what the the, the roles of the players were. That now they're just it's it, it's kind of really interesting. I feel like I'm 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 learning about football 
as I go. So I can, can't imagine what the players are like with, with Arteta kind of in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sh- maybe you should have an all or nothing this season when they're all scratching <laughs> their head and say, what did you say, Mikkel? I want to play left back, but not left back. But oh, okay, I can do that. Um, I saw uh, someone posted a a clip from the uh, the final episode of All or Nothing. That mm-hmm. I think it's the clip post Newcastle where Arteta's going absolutely mental. And I was oh. watching it today, and I was thinking to myself, "This is vaguely familiar." But at the same time, the two t- I've tried to watch that final episode twice, and on both occasions, I've been really like drunk when I've sat down to watch it. That's a good and thing. I- <laughs> That's a good thing. Watching All or Nothing drunk, you had me at drunk, mate. <laughs> That last episode is a complete like I I can't really remember. Obviously, I know what happens, but I can't actually remember what's going on in the you know behind the scenes, as it were. So, um, yeah, sorry, I went off on no, no, no. That's what we do here. We went off in every direction. There is. Um, speaking about direction, Arsenal took an early one nil lead, uh, getting out all guns blazing like we always do. Um, Martinelli, good goal, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um. I said to my dad when he, when he headed the ball in, you know, when he first came into the team, uh, Martinelli, I think his first two goals were, were headers, or at least he scored two goals quite early on. I think maybe one even from a Tierney cross just um, at the start of the Emery era. Wait, wait, like, wait, wow. wait, wait a second. Uh, I know, wasn't that against Nottingham Forest in the FA Might, Cup? Yeah. I think it was. Like, it, or it was the Carabao uh, Cup, but I think it, it was. the League Cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carabao Cup, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was. Funny it coincidence. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, yesterday was just incredible. I mean, mm. that that decisive run. I mean, it wasn't even just the header. I mean, he picked the ball up in the center, played a real whipped ball out to um, to Saka. And um, I mean, Saka's ball is good, but it's only good because Martinelli makes that run and 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 produces that header. Otherwise, you could easily say that's a ball that a defender nine times out of ten probably just hoofs away. Yes. Um, really great, really great goal. Um, and and what a thing to have in his armory, right? I mean, yeah. we don't we don't, you know, have that many headers of the ball in the final third of the picture. We've obviously got big defenders who can head the ball, but not, you know, I wouldn't say that Nketiah or Jesus or Saka or Smith Rowe or Xhaka were going to get you many headers over the course of the season. So it's good that he's got something there. Yeah, there's one thing Arsenal's attacking lack. Uh, I would say is uh, you know aerial present. Um, one, do you know which which goal this reminds me of? Kind of. Uh, do you remember this Uruguay goal? I w- think it was uh, World Cup 2010, when it was Cavani and Luis Suarez. Uh, do you remember uh, yeah, which? Yeah, yeah. 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 D- do you agree with me? Kinda, sorta. Reminds yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look. I think I think is kind of throwing themselves at the ball in front of defenders and diving headers that they, 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 they don't happen very often. Nope. So when you when you see them, you kind of like you're drawn to those comparisons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, God, that's uh, that World Cup is another one that just suddenly makes me feel very old again. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Thank you. The wheelchairs, <laughs> the wheelchair again. The wheelchair is back. Um, oh, and and after the goal, um, it's a good gesture uh, to Pablo Mari, uh, who got. It's. I, I couldn't re- realize that I just going to say this, but he got stabbed in the back. I, it's the first time on this podcast we ever, you know, said these words, and it's awful in every way. But uh, it's a good gesture that is sent to him, or a good uh, yeah, message. Yeah, I mean, message. it's 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 weird on you know doing the Ask Blog news stories as I do, kind of almost every day, and that is definitely one of the weirder kind of like what the fuck moments yeah. when you when you see the news coming through. I mean, it sounds like. 
while being obviously very unlucky to be there in the first place, incredibly lucky to get away with comparatively light injuries. So yeah, lovely show of team spirit from the yeah. players to to kind of show his shirt and um you know, he I saw liked all of the posts and stuff that he was right. tagged into on 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 Twitter and stuff. And it's nice because obviously, you know, he's kind of got one foot out of the door, yeah. but he but was still... part of the, the squad for preseason, yeah. so everybody there knows who he is. It's not like he's a stranger. Um and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. He's had rotten you know, he really seems like a guy who just wants to put down some roots and play some football. Yeah. So for this to happen just as he was getting settled at Monza is is a real pain. And I saw that Monza tried to get their game postponed, um, ah. which basically yeah. highlights how much they, they kind of think about him and the situation, you know. He's uh, done they, Pablo Mari there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because Monza's obviously owned by Silvio Berlusconi, the former... Oh, uh, I did not uh, know that. Minister. All right, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So he used to own AC Milan back in the yeah. day and turn them into a, I say turn them into a mega club. They were always a big club, but he oversaw a lot of their success. But he's kind of bought in there and uh, he's spending some money. And Pablo Mari was one of the big name signings this season because this is their first year in Syria. All right, all right. Well, um, uh, what do you say uh, in English? Uh, getting, we wish Pablo Mari to get him better. Uh, obviously, yeah, wishing all the best. Yeah. yeah, and speedy recovery. That is the phrase I was looking for. Speedy recovery. Um, yeah. Moving on, someone who Arteta says gonna have a speedy recovery is Bukayo Saka, which got out uh, injured in this game. Um, any news on that? A last thing I read or heard uh, today is that it was not that seriously, but yeah, I mean, I, I watching the press conference yesterday afterwards, Arteta didn't look like someone who was hugely concerned. Mm. Um, you know, he even sort of joked when asked, you know where was he kicked and he was like well you know everywhere <laughs> yeah basically everywhere yeah um and that's not unusual and you know i think actually against um psv in their home game a couple of weeks ago he mm -hmm. took a couple of heavy kicks and was limping around for a long time in the second half and arteta kind of refused to take him off for whatever reason and in this instance again i felt like you know, Sakura picked up the kick quite early on, mm. possibly even within the first minute, it looked like someone had gone through and he didn't quite look himself. It was a lot of limping around, a lot of kind of holding his ankle. I mean, stuff that you probably wouldn't have seen on the TV coverage that I could see from my seat. And he wasn't comfortable and you could tell he was going to go off eventually. And mm. it kind of required Arteta to just yell at Saka to actually sit down on the floor so that he could get the attention he needed. Mm. Um, I think he'll be fine. I think he's just going to be one of those guys who takes quite a lot of heavy uh, blows to his ankles and lower legs. I mean, he's um, he's a pretty robust kid, but you do kind of think one day maybe someone's going to get him when his foot's grounded, and that could be really you know disastrous. And hopefully not. But I think he'll be fine. I I don't think he'll be any part of the squad for Thursday against. And he shouldn't Zurich, be. He shouldn't be. No. And. Um, or if he is, he'll just be on the bench as a yeah. complete emergency option. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously Chelsea's a, a, a massive game. Yeah. And then after that, you kind of, he probably wouldn't play in the League Cup. Maybe you could rest him for that against yeah. Brighton, depending on whether or not you really want to go for that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, I, Wolves away, tough one. So, yeah, you're looking at two games, maybe, that you need him for out of the four that remain. Mm -hmm. And then he's just got to go <laughs> deal with the small matter of a World Cup straight away. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that, that little thing up on the horizon. 
yeah i mean it's kind of hard to process that at the moment because yeah. you know usually you get at least two three weeks before a world cup starts to kind of get used to the fact that there's no club football but mm -hmm. in this instance i mean it's literally like eight days or something between yeah, one yeah. it's mental <laughs> very strange yeah and speaking about Saka, and i've said the, this before on this podcast the only way to stop him it's to kick him basically He's he's that good. The only way to stop him, and the defenders know that. They 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 know that. I can only stop him one way, and that's kick him and kick him and kick him again. Uh, and literally that that were what he what they do. And speaking yeah. about you know quality drop, I forgot to say Saka and the quality drop down to the backup player is also pretty huge. Or is it Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> um. Or is it? Good uh, question. Before um, moving on, I, I, uh, I'd like to ask you one, one question. Um, and it's a question um, about... Um, can you pronounce the, the player that came on um, uh, for Bukayo Saka? What's his name? Can you just pronounce it? Uh, Reese Nelson. N can you say that again? Reese. Yeah. Nel Nelson. Great. Nelson. Nelson, great, thank you. Yeah. And the reason I ask, this is a joke for all the Swedish listeners, because we have a, uh, a pundit, a commentary in Sweden called Niklas Holmgren, and he's mental. Uh, you know, he's, he's, if, you, if you ever come over to Sweden and watch a game, I hope for your sake that he's the commentary, because, you know, he's, he's, he's so passionate about the game, so he screams all the time, you know, he's la 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 la. Um, and the thing about. <laughs> This is going to drag on. But you know, Pippi Longstocking. I do know Pippi Longstocking, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what uh, her monkey's name is? I don't, but I'm guessing it might be something along the line of Nelson. Yeah, it's in, it's it's called Nilsson. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the commentator uh, in Sweden called Nelson, Nilsson all of the game. <laughs> like the monkey. And, you know, me and my mate were so, what the fuck is he saying? It's Nilsson. It's the monkey's name. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Obviously not for you because you don't have the reference. Or but um, if you Swedish listen to this, maybe you had a, a bit of a laugh there. But um, and then I thought to myself, oh maybe is it is it me who not pronounce Nelson the right way? Because I've said you know Reese Nelson like you all my life. But um, uh, there you go. No, we're right. Don't yeah, worry. Great, right. great. It's not Nilsson. It's not like a monkey's name. No. It's not like a monkey's name. No. No. Not people long stockies. Anyway, all right, all right. He came on. Um, and moving. I'm speaking about Reese Nelson. Um, two goals to his name. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't think anybody could have imagined that. I mean, listening to him in his post-game uh, interviews and stuff. I mean, I. He basically. He was asked, you know, did you ever imagine that might happen? He was just thinking. He basically said, "No, I just figured I'd turn up and sit on the bench like I usually do." Um, and you know, that's uh, it's kind of a sad state of affairs for him because once upon a time he was the the darling of the academy. You know, he yeah. was the Bukayo Saka. You know, um, it was a couple of years older than than Saka and. I think he may have won the Premier League Two Player of the Year award, and I mean, if anything, Premier League Two was just too easy for him. Yeah. Um, but every time he came into the first team, you always sensed he was a little bit inhibited, mm. like just not quite able to play with the free mind that you need to do what he was doing at the lower level, 
um, on the big stage. Um, whereas with Saka, the moment he came in the team, he was just like, this guy's completely fearless. Like he's not scared of doing anything wrong. And that allows him to just be confident in his technique and he makes the right decisions. I thought it was really interesting watching Nelson yesterday because in the first half he came on and I reckon 75% of his passes were just balls that were laid straight back to either Ben White or someone in the midfield. Like, yep. And it kind of massively demonstrated, as we were talking about, the, the gulf between Saka and Nelson, which is you've got one player who, at the top of his game just wants to attack his opposite man, mm. get the ball into the box, create, create, create. And Nelson came on and basically what you found was the ball would just go to him and then come back. He was just so desperate to kind of keep it simple, not make a mistake, feel his way into the game a little bit. And then... You know the 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 first goal he scored. Yeah, I mean, it, if the ball doesn't drop back to him, you're like, oh god, that's a bad miss, and suddenly it could be playing on his mind for the rest of time. You know, yes. like that was yes. his one opportunity to get on the score sheet, and instead he puts it in the top corner. And after that, it was just a completely different player. Um, it's just so interesting seeing what confidence does to someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second goal came so soon after. Um, I think everyone in the stadium was like, shit, is he, is he scored a second one? Yeah. You know, it was that kind of like reaction. Um, but after that, he was just great. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. His first touch was really good. He started dribbling with the ball, which is what he was known for as a kid. You know, this is a guy who was best mates with Jaden Sancho. Mm-hmm. Jaden Sancho used to hugely rate Reese Nelson. You know, obviously we saw, we've seen flashes of it, you know, when he went to Germany. Uh, was it Hoffenheim he was with? I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, he had a good, good kind of burst initially there under Julian Nagelsmann, and um, yeah, I mean, he just sort of came to life really, and I, it was just such a nice moment for him because if Saka is okay, and let's assume he is, um, he's not going to get many more opportunities than that. No. And um, you know, he's got well, what we've we got four games before the, the World Cup break. Yes. In January, he becomes able to sign for a foreign club if he wants. And in, in the summer, he's... Um, oh. Well, I mean, he becomes a free agent yeah. in the summer. So he could sign a pre-contract agreement with a foreign club, which, mm. you know, I think there might well be a couple who look at him. You know, he's got experience with Hoffenheim. He's got experience with Feyenoord. Um, he's young still. He's 22. You know, young, young English players playing abroad is not the kind of um, strange thing that it, it once was. Um so it's good for him to get in the shop window to alert people to, to what he's doing. Um, I know a few weeks ago that Arteta asked if he saw Reese Nelson having a future. That was just before he, because obviously he had an injury on the eve of the season and he missed the first couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, Arteta made the same noises that he did about um, Eddie and Ketia mm-hmm. because we were in the same situation with him last year. You know, contract running down, guy not playing that much, young English guy, uh, come out of the academy you know does he have a future and Arteta seems to say well look we we hope so that's what we all hope he does but I don't think that he's going to be the alternative to the winger that we probably crave and need as a backup I don't think so either I don't think so but it's not a it's a good commercial for him you know getting on score two goals and an assist don't forget and an assist (laughs) yeah and an assist I mean I do I do do love the assist stats because (laughs) it's sort of like you could do the most lame-ass five-yard pass to someone and then watch them pick the ball up and sort of run past five players and put it in the top corner and you get an assist. Or you can do something like, you know, shoot against the post 
and the rebound goes in and that doesn't count. So yeah, assists are one of these areas of the game where I think the world of data needs to come up with some kind of nuances around them. But um, I agree. Yeah, good, I agree. Good for him. I mean, yeah. he spotted the pass. Party did the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Party was like, yeah, pass me. I gave you an assist, mate. Well, top corner. Exactly. And two of those in a month. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It seems oh, hard to yeah. believe that the Spurs game was within the same calendar month, given how much football's been played. But um, Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the beginning of October. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to have to choose goal of the month will be party one versus party two, I guess. Um, it's almost like that Dennis Bergkamp when he had all three goal of the month <laughs> and all three in the same game. Yeah, I mean, that again... Making us feel old. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it's funny thing about Nelson, like you said, you know, it's it's two goals. It's not the hardest goal yet, you know. It's it's a tap in, and the first goal, like you said, the first, you know, shot directly at the goalkeeper, not a good shot. And if and the second shot, I got the feeling that he was always like, "Well, fuck it," and he was like, you know, just kicking it because he was mad or something. But then top corner, uh, or top I in. Think, yeah, the the second one, it's it's instinct, right? It's yeah. You've got no time to think about. So actually what comes into mind is just the technique. You just react. And, you know, this is a guy who is one of the most talented technical players the academy produced. So when you don't have time to think, he was able to just put it away. And I think that was really, really important. I don't think it was a massive surprise that the second goal that went in was a first touch finish as well, really, because mm. like once his confidence was up, that was, you know, he kind of had that, you know, had that ability there. And, um, the second finish is really nice, really deft little finish. And, um, you know, he'd played a part earlier in the build-up. and Yeah, it, he did. Yeah, that's know, true. Yeah. Good and had to kind of work his way all the way up the field. You know, he had the desire to get in the box, which is good because, for, you know, for a few years we struggled to get men up into the box in numbers. Now we're just really good at it. And, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of showed Gabriel Jesus how to do it. He made it look easy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because Gabriel Jesus had a, he had a struggle. You know, but, but the build-up to the Nelson's second goal uh, is really good, you know, with the Jesus and Erdegaard. It's really, really nice and really, really good. And, you know, Nelson with a tap-in. But otherwise, Jesus had a, he had a struggle um, in front of goal. Yes, I mean it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. he, I, I, I'm just gonna. I think I've got the stats in front of me, but he had a crazy number of shots, didn't he? I mean, it was just, you know, absolutely mad. I'm just trying to see if I can find. Him. I, I can't. But it was like seven or eight shots or something. And oh. the one that the goalkeeper saved after he'd been played through, and he tried to do the kind of Thierry Henry. Uh, yes, yes, curler, yes. Mm -hmm. That was a real sort of. He looked so crestfallen at that point, like so frustrated that the ball just wouldn't go in. But it just sort of started to feel that he was getting more and more agitated with himself and the circumstances. Um, I think Arteta deliberately left him on the pitch. You, you know, to get him to score, to, you know, get the... Hoping, yeah, exactly. hoping that he yeah, yeah. would kind of break that hoodoo. But also I think he didn't want to add to the frustration by mm. taking him off. Yes, yes, um, good point. So, yeah, I mean, I think it will come. And the thing is, if if he's going to produce assists like that, as he got two more, mm -hmm. you know, he's 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 our leading assist maker now. Um, and that's not a bad thing. No, no. I mean, what's eleven goal contributions in however many games it is now this season? I mean, like I said, take notes. Like I said, take yeah. notes. <laughs> he's he's just brought a new dimension to everything. Yeah, and I yeah. think there's a yeah. I mean, I've seen. The, the the level of chaos that he brings or the busyness that he brings, he brings the best out of 
the players around him. So, you know, defenders have to worry about him and they have to worry about Saka and Martinelli and Erdegaard and yeah. Party and Reese Nelson now. Ah. And, th- and, that's, um, and that's the reason, you know, why Granit Xhaka has the, so many goals to his name because ev- the defence are busy, you know, with everyone else. So he can just la 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 yeah. walking up and no one takes notice of him. I mean, it's it's incredible that it's taken seven years for us to unlock this side of yes. Granite Shaka. Um, and now they're the Arteta bo- mastermind. They're scratching their head in the dressing room saying, Arteta is going to play what? No, no, no. Shaka is going to play what? Le- left eight? Uh, okay. It's it's funny because, I mean, when, when Arsene Wenger signed Shaka seven years ago, I mean, he initially described him as a, a box-to-box midfielder. That's true. You know? That's true. And... Um, and then he quickly parked that idea. You know, he never actually gave him that role, uh, and and instead gave a player who he said couldn't actually tackle um, <laughs> a DM the responsibility role. <laughs> of being a DM. You know, uh, which often left him exposed. Yeah, but, you know, I think we have to say that Xhaka playing with confidence and in this new role where he doesn't have that uh, responsibility. Uh, it's, he's just playing with so much freedom. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I, I I just think I. There's something about these little underlying um, narrative arcs behind the the main narrative arc about Arsenal's kind of overall season stuff, which I'm really enjoying. Like these little these little tales, because um, yes, it just yes. makes you want to believe in them a little bit more. Yeah, I agree 100. percent It's like the the story of the team, but in that story, it's like these little small stories. You know, Ben White playing right back. How does that come across? And you know. The shark, a redemption, and you know uh, everything. I agree that that's a really good point, an interesting, interesting point. Mm. Uh, moving on, or last last point on Shaka. No, no, nothing no. more to say with Shaka. Um, uh, you know, other than it's just uh, it's it's really great to see him doing what he's doing. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think he could end up being a real. I I don't know how Switzerland is shaping up for the World Cup, but he had such a good Euros. Um, if he has a as as good a Euros as he has a, a World Cup. Um, people will be looking at him with completely different eyes, I reckon. Yes, yes, yes. I just w- watching the Thomas Partey goal again, and before we moving on, I just want to say, oh my God, <laughs> that's the shot. Well, the man has had plenty of practice over the last two and a half years. So yeah, and, and I love see it coming yeah, off. I love the crowd. <laughs> Ever since he got that goal, every time he got the ball, shoot, yeah, shoot. I'm... Was it, was he one of them? <laughs> The, no, I mean, I can't ever bring myself to 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 scream shoot at him no. because I'm just so kind of um, traumatized by the 99 other shots that he had prior yeah. to the 100th, which went in. You know, have just sort of peppered the the North Bank Rosette. Um But it's good. I mean, look, I, now that he's got a, a couple, I mean, it's again, it's just another thing that oppositions need to be worried yes. about. You know, they yes. have to be concerned. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if they have to then cover that space, it frees up somewhere else. So, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something more that I enjoyed was the Martin Erdegaard uh, goal. Um, yeah. that's, an- uh, that's another shot because, you know, earlier I was, you know, writing my mates like, Erdegaard is he's like to, you know, tap the ball too many times. He's stand there and that dit, 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 dit. But not this time. He got the ball and said, "Fuck it, I'm getting it top corner," and uh, not a bad finish. Ah, oh, it was like I, I looked at it. I was like, "That's a real Kevin De Bruyne goal." Yes. Like, I'm just gonna. I'm too good for you lot. I'm just gonna have a goal myself here. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's playing with so much confidence at the moment. Um, I just, I just love him. Like on the, when when we did the kind of 
last blog uh, preseason preview podcast thing, mm-hmm. I picked you know I picked him out as like the guy that I reckon will explode this season. And actually, you know, there's been a <laughs> there's a lot of competition for for, for that. There's yeah. been some really good performances this year, but you know, he's just consistently very very good, particularly at home. Um, yes. You know his touch is great. You you, you and he know, had a good game. He had a good, it was not just a goal. He had a really really good game. No, he was he was brilliant. I yeah. mean, he basically you know him and Party completely <sighs> ran the entire second half. Oh my god! Don't I get think... me started. Jeez. Uh, yes. Yes. So you know I'm uh, if we can keep Martin Odegaard fit and playing like this, uh, just it was just great. And the thing is, I mean, this was a very rare occasion I think for him to play the full ninety minutes. Mm. Yes. Um, and I think. You know, it was no surprise to me in some respects that he scored quite late on, almost as if he was sort of able to, you know, it's job done. We're winning by loads. I can be selfish here. Yeah. I know I'm staying on the pitch, you know, all of these things. And he just thought, oh, I'm just going to go for it. And, he, and he's showing that he has that quality, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I've quite often wished he would be more decisive and, and selfish. Sometimes Maybe you should when... scream, shoot at him instead of party the crowd. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I tried that with Alex Kleb for years and it never worked. So, no, no, no. You know. uh, well, Erdegaard proven the point once again that he's the best Norwegian player in the league. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, I'm pretty sure. I was as I came in the stadium yesterday. There were uh, a father and a son. Father must have been I don't know late 50s. Yeah. Son in his early 20s or something. And they were both wearing Erdegaard shirts, and I'm I'm almost certain they were both Norwegian when I heard them them speaking. Uh, definitely Scandinavian, yeah, but yeah. I assume with Erdegaard shirts, and they were Norwegian. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I hope he has a good game for them. And I think they they will have left yesterday saying, yeah, he's a player. You can yeah, understand yeah. why he's got that lifetime achievement award at 23. You know, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think speaking of it, I think Arsenal is the biggest um, international club in Norway, actually. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I don't know why, because Arsenal, cor- and correct me if I'm wrong, please, but Arsenal haven't had that many Norwegian players or even one before Erdegaard. Uh, I think Erdegaard is probably the first. Yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, as is the same in Sweden, that Premier League and English football has always been popular in yeah, Scandinavia. Yeah. Arsenal did go on quite a few uh, pre-season tours to mm, Norway back in true. the... 80s and early 90s, yeah. I think. Um, so there may be something there. There were plenty of seed back then and starting it to grow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Liverpool did the same thing in Thailand and stuff, I think, oh. back in the, in the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, those things can be really defining moments in your yeah, of course. decision of to, course. to choose. If, if you're, I mean, Arsenal wouldn't ever now go probably on a pre-season, you know, two, three-week tour to, to Norway. To Norway. <laughs> We just go to Norway in Europa League and that's it. No more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, we, we haven't, I mean, I think I worked out that like, haven't really, we hadn't played a competitive fixture as far north as that, mm-hmm. that Bodo Glimt one. The Rosenberg game was 2004 or something, I think, maybe two, or maybe even earlier than that, actually. Yeah. Um, but that's that not uh, up north as uh, no, Bold that's, that's kind of yeah, that's way down south, isn't yeah. it? Comparatively, um, so yeah, too too rare the the opportunities to play in Norway because it looks like a beautiful country. Yeah, it really is. It really it, not as beautiful as Sweden, uh, but it, it's all right. It's, it's all right. Um, all right. Uh, anything else from the game? We ma- mainly talked about the goals, but anything else that you want to talk about before we moving on? 
Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, it's just a, it was a very nice thing to be able to relax through the final yes. half an hour of a, of a game and to be able to make changes like we chucked on Cedric, which was a, a decision entirely based around just needing to give the guy some minutes yes. because he'd not been put on the pitch at all. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that he went on before Tierney, I think that was real. It was a real kind of nod to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, interesting. You know, he, he basically mixed and matched and was able to do whatever the hell he wanted in those last 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The crowd was able to chill out and enjoy it. And it was all kind of quite low key. And it's exactly the type of game that you need to produce if you want to, you know, maintain some energy for other games further down the line over the course of a long season so yes. yeah more more of that uh I, I correct me if i'm wrong again please but is this the biggest win in the post wenger era i read that somewhere i think it's the biggest winning margin of an arteta side for okay sure. yeah. all right I mean, it may well be of emery as well because i don't remember too many massive wins under under emery um We've obviously we've hit five before. Yeah, but I think it was like five one. Or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've not we've not won five nil. So, yeah, I mean that's Great. that's good. We need to yeah do more of that. I mean it was incredible that was the first clean sheet at home this season, despite the fact that we've won all our games at home. That's true. That's in, true. In the Premier League, yeah. Great. Yeah. Speaking about the defense, real quick, you know we talked a lot about Jesus and Erdogan and Saka and Martinelli, but Saliba and Gabriel, they not had that much to do, but the thing they did proper really really good defending yeah i mean uh, there's a little bit where i mean obviously nottingham forest could have scored in the first half and there was a slight manic moment where gabriel laid the ball off to ah, jesse lingard yes, in our yes. own area and i think the whole stadium just went no mm-hmm. and me and know, me at home <laughs> yeah not lingard of all people um and ben white made an incredible block and then actually as part of the same like the same motion or the same action, like Saliba then kind of hacked a clearance up into the air. So I think the two of them are doing their best to kind of become more consistent. But we have seen over the course of the last few weeks, a little, you know, there's there's like a, a moment each of them might have in the game yeah. where they're kind of, they slightly cause me concern. But together, brilliant. Like they've done so well this season. I'm really, you know, really impressed. And I, the, I mean, what more can you add about Saliba? He's a Rolls Royce of a defender, as someone said. Yes, yes. And a great song as well. Needs to be said a, one more time. A great song. Uh, and uh, a great song, yeah. Yes. A simple song, a great song, yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to the segment in the podcast called Top Free Player of the Season. Um, and it works like this. Uh, you, Andrew, have the... Um, mission to take out your three best players from the Arsenal Nottingham game. Uh, the player in Arsenal you thought were third best, you give one point, second best two points and best in Arsenal you give three points. These points go to a table and by the end of the season we will see which player ho- has been uh, the best player in Arsenal the season 22-23. Um, do you understand the rules? Do you understand the yeah. game? Great. Absolutely. Are you ready? Start with a one-pointer, please. Okay. It was really tough to decide between the two of them, but I'm going to give Party one point, third place, best, third best player on the pitch uh, against Nottingham Forest. Obviously scored a goal, yep. swept up the midfield. He'll have tougher days to come. Mm. Nottingham Forest weren't very good, but did his job brilliantly. Great. Uh, can we talk just a couple of minutes about Party? 
because uh, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. And I'll tell you why. It, it was not, you know, anything. Or it was what Partey did. But I've always said this. If you want to stop Arsenal, you need to do one thing. And that's to stop Thomas Partey. You saw that against Leeds. You saw that against Southampton. You know, when Partey got the ball, bam, three players on Partey. When Partey got the ball, bam, three players on Partey. And against Nottingham, if you look at the game again in our highlights, he has fields of space. He has fields of space and he can do whatever he wants. And that you can't stop Arsenal when Thomas Partey had these fields of space. Uh, same against Spurs, if you watch the highlights from that game. He has basically the whole pitch to himself. I, I don't know mm. whether Spurs midfield was uh, back then, but uh, same against Liverpool. Uh, and same now. He has the whole midfield for himself. And uh, if you want to you know, stop Arsenal, you can't do that. Because man, oh man, he he's get the machine run in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I saw some stats yesterday that said he'd hit over 100 successful passes or something, which was like the first time he'd done that in a game since he's been at Arsenal, I think. And it was a 92% pass completion rate. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, in the second half, he didn't have a huge amount of, as you say, pressure on him. There were a couple of balls in the first half where you were kind of like, that's a bit sloppy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's doing well. He's playing well. Usual caveats. Hope he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Because if you look at the, sorry to interrupt you, but if you look at Nelson's first goal, who started that attack, Partey, uh, then he scores a goal. And if you look at Erdegaard's goals, uh, goal, who started that attack, Thomas Partey. So I, I just want to um, uh, say I thought it was really, really good. So I understand that he's on your list because I would take him out as well. And I might easily have put him second or first, mm. but there are good reasons why. I understand. Other people had to be on the list as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you two-pointer, the second best player of Arsenal. I'm going to give it to Erdegaard just because uh. he's kind of like, he's like, I think he's probably my favourite player in the team at the moment, you know, alongside Saka. Mm. I just I just love watching him, the, the type of football that he plays, the vision that he has. I love that he's quite an animated captain, like he really wants to get the crowd involved, which yeah. is interesting because... He suddenly becomes very quiet off the pitch once the game is over. Um, in the moment, he's he's actually he's very good at kind of doing the kind of arms up to the crowd, get everybody going. Kind mm. of recognizes the importance of the crowd playing a part in the momentum of a game. And um, I mean, he didn't have to do a huge amount of that yesterday, but I just I just think he's a a, a very stylish player. And obviously, he scored a lovely goal yesterday. Um, thought uh his role in the the build up to Nelson's second where he was just playing the ball around with 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 uh, Jesus was yeah. was fantastic as well he used his strength um just you know doing very well at the moment so yeah two points for him great and the best player in Arsenal uh who is it and why is it Nelson <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to give it to him because yeah. He's not going to get any other points, I don't think, on this in this ranking this season. And I want to be the guy who managed to give Reese Nelson a couple of points. So, two goals, one assist, a dream day at the office for a guy who thought he was going to be sitting on the bench all day. So, good on him. Look, this season is going to have moments where we need random people to step up and deliver when someone else can't. Yes. And it's the sign of every good team. Arsenal have done that 
you know, time and time again when we've won league championships, you know, crazy guys like Chris Ray coming in in 97, 98, you know, he comes in, he scores a couple of goals. It makes a difference in a particular game. He's played his part, you know, there could well be others who come in to do that this season. Um, but on this occasion, it was Reese Nelson. So three points for him. And totally deserved. He totally deserved it. Uh, two goals, yeah. one assist, and uh, not just uh, not just that. He had a good game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He did have a good game. He did have a good game. He's shown signs that we shouldn't write him off just yet, and that he may well have a role to play for the rest of the year. Finally, stepping out of the Jaden San Sancho shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Or, or even Bukayo Saka's shadow, which <laughs> yeah. is so big oh, these days. Yeah, yeah. Take some more to do that, maybe. But uh, all right, fair play to Nelson. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, I thought we we're gonna wrap it up by talk about upcoming games. It's um, Zurich on Thursday and uh, Chelsea away on Sunday. And mm. I thought we we're gonna start with a question. We have a question from our listener Mickey Eriksson at Mickey Eriksson AFC on Twitter. Uh, how do you think in Arsenal Gothenburg podcast about the game on Thursday? I personally would like to see a big rotation. We should win anyway. Uh, we should rest um, Thomas Partey, Grande Chaka, Martinelli, Ödegård, Jesus, uh, and so on. Uh, thank you for a good podcast, Utebi Gunnar. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I think we can expect four or five changes, maybe. Mm. But uh, I don't think we have the ability to do more than that. I mean, I think that's what we've been doing pretty much whenever we can you know it's four or five changes here there i mean we just don't have a, a a big enough squad just yet to be able to kind of switch in 11 players i don't think arteta seems really reticent to do that i think he's hoping that the guys who come in can feed off the energy and the rhythm of the guys who've been in for a while longer and um we don't we don't have a a, a set of academy kids who have anywhere near the experience necessary like we used to do in the Wenger years because we've sent so many of them on loan yeah um and there are plenty of guys who are out on loan you look at you know Balogun for example mm. but loads of guys who are out of loan youngsters as well who this year might have been thinking to themselves oh god if I was still at Arsenal I might have had a chance yeah. um but we don't have that opportunity so yeah there'll be some rotation I'd happily play Nketiah ahead of Jesus but defensively you know it will be probably Tierney. You might get Cedric playing some minutes, maybe. Um, he might mix up, take out one of the centre-backs. I don't know what's happening with Matt Turner, but he was not on the bench again at the weekend. So He was possibly... injured, right? Yeah, he hurt yeah. his groin in yeah. the build-up to the PSV game, and despite travelling, wasn't fit. So he wasn't at all in the squad uh, yesterday. So, uh, you know, it may well be that Ramsdale plays. I don't think Ramsdale on mind. I mean, he's... This would only be his second ever European game, so that's true. Uh, yeah, he'll be happy to play. Mm -hmm. uh, midfield, I guess he. I think there might be a temptation. I mean, Party played uh, ninety minutes, didn't he? So maybe yep. Sambi comes in again, uh, and then you just have those guys on the bench waiting to 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 help out if there's an emergency. Um, it's going to be a strange one because I think, you know, we only need a point. But we can't rest on our laurels. I think what Arteta would be hoping is really quick start, try and score two, three goals, kill it off early. Do we then, need uh, just one point, or do we need to win? We need no, to... we just. I think we just need one point to qualify top, don't we? 
I think we need to win, actually. I got it in front of me now. Arsenal are on 12 points. PSV uh. 10. Uh, Bode Glimt for Zürich 3. And PSV has much more goal, better goal difference than us. So if they win against Boda, they go f- uh, first on 13 points. And if we dr- draw, we got 13 points, but just like, um, yeah, plus four or five in goal difference. Oh, oh that makes it all the more uh, difficult, doesn't it? I, I kind of, I guess that was because if we'd got the one point against PSV at the last time out, yeah. we'd be on 13 and they'd only be on uh eight wouldn't yeah, they? Exactly. yeah okay exactly. fine so okay. our li- our lives have become more difficult as a result of not beating them okay fine all right well that's good to know because i was just uh you know whatever point fine but yeah no we should we should beat them so we should beat them in the ways you think yeah yeah exactly uh, i have another question from oscar you met uh, oscar from the podcast oh. actually yeah yeah. Uh, he said, how do you like to uh, play our front three next week? Should Nelson get uh, um, another, uh, what do you say, another opportunity? Or is it time to play Jesus on uh, the left and Enketia central? Or uh, Jesus on the right, sorry, and uh, Enketia central? Um, I think he's more likely to give Nelson mm. an opportunity. Especially in the Europa League, right? Yeah. 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 I think I think what I someone asked him a question the other day about why did he make a specific change and he said well look I the reason why I did it is because it was the simplest thing. I only wanted to change one thing, not three. Mm. And I think if you start moving Jesus onto one side and bringing, you know, it, it it probably messes around with things too much. So for the moment he should have enough with the players that he's got to play them in the positions that he wants to play. But you never know with him. I mean obviously he's played around with um you know, Tierney and Tomiyasu, so we'll see. But I, I, I'd, I'd quite happily see Nelson have another go, and if he can't do it, then Marquinhos I'm quite happy and keen to see a little bit more of. I mean, Fabio Vieira needs to sort of step up. I think he wasn't amazing when he came on against Southampton, and no. he wasn't amazing yesterday, um, although obviously very different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Wasn't amazing against PSV, so he just needs a bit of rhythm as well. Yeah. Uh, looking forward more Chelsea away this Sunday. It's almost a week uh, till that game. Mm-hmm. But any any thoughts? Uh, or Chelsea, you know, they got battered against Brighton this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Potter, I think we can... Potter was holding them back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can almost... I mean, if you've not pasted a £10 bet on Aubameyang to score against oh, Arsenal, yeah. then you're a fool. Because it's written that... in the stars. Yes, I mean, I think everyone who leaves Arsenal in those circumstances is, is destined to score against us somehow. Um, so let's assume we concede to Aubameyang. We've just got to try and... Um, I don't know, it's going to be... It's a really weird one, isn't it? Because obviously the result was not good by Chelsea. But it's clear that Chelsea have been on a decent run. The Potters kind of got them playing some OK football. They kind of cruised through the Champions League group. So their match this week... Uh, I can't even remember who they're playing. Is going to be basically a dead rubber. They don't need to worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's always difficult going to Stamford Bridge. I mean, it's unusual. I can't even remember the last time we won there twice in a row. And the the memories of Saka's penalty in the four two is quite fresh. So I'm not I'm not fearful, but I'm never confident. Do you know what? Last season was the last season we won two in a row. Because the season before, we won one nil. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so there we go. Three yeah. in a row. A Here we go. Three dream. in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking about Chelsea and Potter, uh, Potter always uh, makes good result against Arsenal, unfortunately. Yeah, he does seem to have our number a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think I, re- I just really like him as an individual. Everything I re- every interview I read about him or with him and. You know, obviously, we're very familiar as Arsenal fans with his backstory because of the Ostersons' mm-hmm. uh, experience, and yeah. um, he seems like a really interesting, genuine character. And I find him very, very difficult to dislike, which is quite hard when he's managing Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a kind of real tactical. You know, the managers going head to head, which yes. is actually, to be fair, was kind of what it was like when. We played there last time, wasn't it? You know, yeah. Tuchel and, and, and Arteta were switching formations within about five minutes of the game starting, yeah, both reacting true. to each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's see. Fingers crossed. I mean, it's a early 12 o'clock kickoff here yep. um, on Sunday, which is a, you know, tends to take a little bit of a toll on that atmosphere. But at the same time, we've lost early kickoffs to Chelsea so many times that... Uh, yeah, even that 6-0 Wenger one was oh, horrible. Too soon, know. Alan, too soon. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I can see now Fofana injured, Rhys James injured, uh, Kante injured. So like you okay. said, Aubameyang hat-trick is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it's just, I'm so prepared for it. I'm yeah. so prepared, you know, I mean, even though the man has got a fucking tattoo of himself in an Arsenal kit on his own arm, um, he's going to score against us. Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, Let's hope not, and uh, fingers crossed bo- both for Thursday and uh, Sunday. Andrew, I thought we we're going to leave it there. Uh, it's th- been uh, fantastic chatting. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, thank um, you very much for coming on once more. Hope we can chat somewhere uh, sometime uh, later on this season. Yeah, sounds good. Um, and then we can we can all meet up for the big Premier League celebratory parade. around. Lifting the trophy, mate. We're going to yeah. lift it. No jinx. Just facts. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much to everyone to lis- uh, who listened to this and have a nice week top of the league once more. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Ooh, to be a gooner. <laughs> <laughs>